This uh, this corruption scheme has been going back to the time that Joe Biden was vice president. And the intimidation scheme that we're seeing, I mean, it's not unheard of. We saw this happen with former Trump officials as well. Um, obviously, President Trump's family has uh, been subject to this. There have been many conspiracies over the last several decades perpetrated against the American people by its own government. People will call them different names. The deep state, the cabal, the globalists, the Rothschilds, Rockefeller-controlled puppets. Marxists, tyrants, commies, etc. I don't care the label that you put on them. It's important that we realize that this has been going on for a long time. I think a lot of people's eyes were opened with the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. That was a pretty obvious one that the whole world saw and felt. And we are in the middle of the biggest conspiracy in our age, arguably worse than that. And that is the stolen election of 2020, which has led to war, inflation, death, imprisonment of a thousand plus people as political prisoners, the cancellation of free speech and other crimes against Americans which are against our constitutional rights. A reminder, our rights come from God Almighty himself, not government of the Constitution. The Constitution made the supreme law of the land rights that are God-given, that they would be protected by the laws of this land. But what we're seeing is lawlessness and now the conspiracy continues with the biggest cover-up of said stolen election of 2020. The protection of the CCP and Marxist-controlled fake President Joe Biden and the cover-up of the crimes of his son Hunter Biden, which lead back to Joe Biden, the fake president. These are dark times in America, folks. But we've gotten through dark times before. A lot of people are awakened. But man, the crushing of voices that expose the false narratives is something quite remarkable. We are living absolutely in an Orwellian America in 2023. And what makes it even more obvious is that every single institution is against we the people. Before we had a an honest press or a press that was pressing for the truth, exposing the truth. You wouldn't even have a Watergate today. They would have buried the story to protect one of their own. Well, I guess not because it was Nixon, but you get the point. If the press today was like the press during that time, like the press today, 
there would be no looking for the absolute truth. It would just be propaganda and lies. Now, folks, where, where am I leading with all of this? Well, we've got one of the most obvious things that we've seen this time around is not just the press covering for, let's just call them the establishment. I think that'll encompass everything, the deep state, the cabal, etc. The establishment. But we've seen the weaponization of every single agency within the federal government. Makes me sick to pay taxes. Knowing that I'm absolutely funding my own destruction. But of course, it is a racket. It is extortion. Because if I don't pay that, because of the power of the police state, they will throw my brown hiney in jail. The FBI, of course, being the most obvious alphabet agency, absolutely working, not just against we the people, and maybe I could just say that as a DOJ as a whole, the Department of Justice as a whole, of which the FBI is a part of, working against the people and actively before our faces covering for the Biden family crimes. Yesterday, Sunday on Sunday Morning Futures on Fox, Maria Bartiromo had on the great freshman representative, congresswoman out of Florida, Anna Paulina Luno. Luna, excuse me, Anna Paulina Luna. And this is what she said. She brought up a name we haven't heard in a while. And that is the, and she's correct, sounds like a James Bond villain, the FBI mole one eye and his continued active involvement in the Hunter and Joe Biden cover-up. Right now with more on the extent of the Biden family's business deals is Florida Republican Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, a member of both the House Oversight Committee and the House Freedom Caucus. Congresswoman, good to see you this morning. Thanks very much for being here. But what's really alarming about this is, as we know, the FBI, one, has a mole in there that's advising Hunter Biden as to the investigations by the name of One Eye, which, in saying it, it sounds like it's something out of a James Bond movie, but unfortunately, it's true. So that name, One Eye, we haven't heard that in months. We learned of... One Eye several months ago, uh, partly by Gal Luft, the former, he's got a long title. Uh, he was the uh, former Israel Defense Forces Lieutenant Colonel. He had deep, uh, he, he had ties to intelligence in Beijing and in Washington. And he was trying to sound the alarm to the FBI about the CEF, the CEFC CCP connection with Hunter Biden. He told the FBI this, and then the FBI's mole, one eye, protected Hunter Biden and one of his CEFC Chinese partners, and then another one became the fall guy. But it was the FBI starting an investigation into Hunter Biden for connections to the CCP. It was this one eye named Mole, that was at the center of that. And Anna Paula, or Paulina Luna, congresswoman out of Florida, brings it up yet again 
they're still active and still going on. The cover up continues. And then also, too, I mean, my goodness, Maria, with the amount of evidence that's coming forward, it's scary to think that this guy that's currently sitting in the White House has become this corrupt. And it's really only doing one thing, and that's aiding and abetting the Communist Chinese Party. Now, I've been saying for years, as others, right, I'm not unique in this. We've been saying for years that Joe Biden and the Biden family are CCP controlled. I mean, we have an absolute Manchurian candidate in the White House doing the bidding of the CCP and, of course, the globalist Soros Obama folks and that whole establishment of string pullers in D.C. Now, what's chilling is the danger that sitting members of our American legislature have to go through to do their jobs to protect the American people and protect and uphold the Constitution. Kind of chilling what Congresswoman Luna says next. It's something that we as House Oversight, um, it puts all, all of us, I think, big targets on our backs, but we're doing right by the American people. This is nonpartisan. It should remain nonpartisan. Members of the Oversight Committee with big targets on their backs as they look into the malfeasance and crimes of the Biden family. That's pretty chilling, folks. That's pretty chilling. At least from where I stand. And then again, maybe I might be a little sensitive to this. I've shared this a couple times, but in my uh, previous home in California, I had some people observing me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... Some of you folks are like, oh, he's one of those guys, uh, targeted people. No, this actually happened. Big black ex-military guy in front of my home. I came out. I kept seeing him, had a conversation with him, and he let me know, hey, we're uh, we're, we're aware of you and your comings and goings. Knew about my children, their movements, and what have you. Very, very chilling, folks. And this is at the very beginning, the first few years of my Black Conservative Patriot channel on YouTube, which is no longer in existence. By the way, an update that I was waiting uh, to report on, uh, I uh, had my attorney get involved in contacting YouTube for the reinstatement of my channel, naming all, not all, but several of the California, it was a California attorney, California uh, codes of conducts and fairness and what have you, tried a little bit different tactic than others have tried to have my YouTube channel reinstated, stating case law and what have you. And YouTube, once again, told me to pound sand and not going to pursue it any further. I, I can't compete with the deep pockets and the all the staff attorneys that they would have to just bury me. It, 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 I really don't really have, unfortunately, a case because YouTube does have in there that can terminate you at any time for any reason. Not to mention they owe me quite a bit of money of ad revenue. I was actually having a fairly good month at YouTube. The uh, month that they uh, canceled me, they, they, they uh, terminated me on the 25th of the month, which means I'd been working and earning ad revenue for Google for over three weeks when they uh, canned me and I have no access. I, I'm not getting paid that money. We move on. We move on.
but just wanted to give you an update. Uh, the finality of the Black Conservative Patriot Channel being reinstated, the nail is in that coffin. It happened this morning. I received correspondence from YouTube that their decision was final and that uh, that was it. Or that's it. So grateful for you being here, folks. We had a contingency plan. We knew this might happen, hoping that it didn't happen, but planned for it. So appreciate your support uh, on this show, the BCP podcast. But here we have a sitting member of Congress, kind of chilling, really, really chilling to know that they are, by working for the American people and doing their job, they have big targets on their backs. And I take that pretty literally. Their lives are in danger and or their livelihood and their family, what have you. These people play to win. And when they win, like getting a fake president in the White House, they do everything to cover up and protect that crime. But ultimately, we have to make sure that the DOJ and the FBI is being held accountable as well. And when they are trumping up charges, especially against whistleblowers who are bringing evidence forward to show that this family, that this administration, that this president is compromised, if we don't do our job, we are ultimately going to be responsible for there no longer being justice in this country. That's an admirable trait of Congresswoman Luna that even though they have targets on their back, they're doing the right thing for our country. And that is why I do this program. I want to do the right thing for our country and just get exposure out there and do my part that I can for my future generations. One of my four kids married, three to go, no grandchildren yet. I'm still in my 40s, but there'll eventually be grandchildren. I'd like them to have some sort of semblance of the America that I know and love and has been a blessing to me and my family. But I'm talking about this corruption, folks. This corruption is everywhere. Check this out. This is from the United States Postal Service Office of Inspector General. This report is from last year, but is just now being exposed. What is it? It's the post office report, the final report, into contract driver Jesse Morgan's claims that he hauled trailers of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania in late October of 2020. This all happened on October 21st, all right? So October 21st, I went into work as normal. I picked up my truck, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I got my slip, my ticket, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a slip of ticket is basically something that it has the date, it has the time, it has when I'm leaving, it has all the information I, I have on it for that load. Okay, folks, I want to play you this One American News OAN report where they interviewed and talked to Jesse Morgan. I want you to hear what he had to say, what happened, and pay attention because this whole slip, this whole paper trail of what he was doing and what he's delivering is going to uh, play large here. So once again, this is from December 19th, 2020 when we were all involved in Stop the Steal. Listen to what he says so you have the details of what I'm going to go through 
as I give you a synopsis of the Postal Inspector General's final report on Jesse Morgan and his delivery. So I got the, my, my ticket and off I rolled to go to Bethpage, New York. I get to Bethpage, I check in at the, the guard shack out front, I go over to the, the, the door that he assigned me, um, I, get, I, I dock the trailer, I go inside, and as I go inside, this is when things kind of got a little different. So I always see an expediter when I go to a place. I see them whenever I go to a place um, and whenever I leave the place. So when I went in, I gave her the ticket. She said, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? She said, good. She goes, guess what? Today you're going to be bringing back mail-in ballots. I'm psyched because I'm doing something to help out for the presidential uh, race, you know, like this is uh, this is cool, the election, you know, and um, all I know is I'm picking up the ballots from New York. I don't know, I don't know if they're New York ballots, I don't know if they're Pennsylvania ballots, I don't know if they're California ballots. All I know is I'm picking up ballots in New York, headed for Harrisburg. I got my ticket and off I rolled. Part of me was wondering, like, you know, like I was excited, but then part of me was wondering also, like, when, why am I taking these things uh, out of state from from New York to PA? I, I don't know. I don't know what the proper process is, but I just know, like, I mean, I don't think, I don't think you would take mail-in ballots out of one state to the other. Like, I don't, it just doesn't seem right, you know. Um, then I got the New or uh, I got the Harrisburg, and this is where things kind of got weird. Was so I pull in. And I was, I made the wait. So I sat in the yard and uh, I sat there uh, from 9.15 till a little after three o'clock in the afternoon. I ended up going in uh, to get, uh, to, uh, to figure out what was going on. And I was like, I went in, no one knew. I talked to an expediter. He said, he doesn't know. He said, hold on, I'm, I'm gonna go uh, get someone, find someone, you know. And that's whenever I, I talked to uh, this transportation supervisor. He came down. He's like, hey, how are you? I said, good. How are you? He said, good. Uh, he said, I'm transportation supervisor. He's like, I'm going to need you to take this load um, out to Lancaster. And, um, and I said, well, I was like, why? why? I, was like, that, that, I was like, that really doesn't make sense. This is why I told him. I was like, this really doesn't make sense. I said, I was like, why would I take it back to Lancaster? I was like, 95% of this load is all for you. I was like, uh, it would make more sense to leave the trailer here in this yard if, if that's the case, uh, because I'm running out of hours, all right? And the, the, the guy said, no, just take it back. And I said, okay. I was like, well, I'm not going to argue with the dude. I'm just, I'm not, I don't get paid to do that. Um, and I said, all right. I was like, well, let me get a slip. And he said, no. And I was like, well, I need a slip. You know, he goes, he goes, no. He's like, I'm not giving you a slip. I said, well, I, why aren't you giving me a slip? And he's like, well, you need to be unloaded. I was like, well, let me get a late slip at least. So that way I'm being paid for the six hours that I sat in the yard. He's like, no, you ain't getting no slip either. No late slip either. And it, he got kind of sarcastic. I got a little sarcastic. And I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm leaving. And then I drove the hair or drove the Lancaster, dropped the trailer off where I normally do. And then I, I just, I got my, I dropped my truck off and uh, got in my car, drove away. Came back the next day, and this is one of the even weirder. So my trailer that I have, I had this trailer for the, for the past month, 10R1440, it's not there. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, where's my trailer at? You know, like the trailer's gone. No one knows. And this is the first and only time 
that I had mail-in ballots, first and only. Now, for those of you that were paying attention to this at the time, remember when they were calling Jesse Morgan, oh, he must be some MAGA guy, and he doesn't like the fact that Joe Biden won the election and he's part of Stop the Steal. That turned out to be one of the many, many lies that we have now seen in the last over two years in the cover-up of the stolen election. Oh, we're going on two and a half years now. Over two and a half years. Wow. I didn't vote for anyone. I'll be honest with you. I didn't vote for anyone. I just didn't want to, you know. Um, and um, and I, t- I, was, I was talking to my mom, and she said, hey, she goes, I want you to talk to, to someone uh, about the situation that you had, all right? And uh, and I said, okay. And I talked to them, and uh, I told them everything that I just told you. I didn't care who really won the election, but, like, standing there, I think the voting, the election, our vote, like, that's the one thing of us Americans that we have. And if you're going to start corrupting that, taking that away from us as Americans, uh, we deserve to know the truth. We deserve to have an honest, fair election. Folks, this should be a nonpartisan issue, even if you are deranged, I'm joking here, or maybe I'm not, enough to think that Joe Biden and the Democrats are the answer to America. You should still want, if you love America, to have a free and fair election system. And this is where I get really upset at my Democrat counterparts, my friends, family, and neighbors who still vote Democrat. I'm like, Okay, it doesn't matter if you hate Trump. The ends don't justify the means in in a democracy, quote unquote, that they're always hammering, our democracy, our democracy. Well, actually, we're a constitutional republic with a representative form of democracy. But okay, let's go along with your democracy. Shouldn't Shouldn't our vote count? Shouldn't it be protected? And shouldn't mass evidence of fraud, rigging, irregularities, anomalies, whatever you want to call it, be investigated? No, 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 no. Because I hate Trump. And this is where I part ways with the left, whether they're friends, family, or neighbors when it comes to politics. Because they don't care about America. They just care about their side and their winning. And they are our friends, family, and neighbors who are not in this fight. They're a big part of the problem in ushering this tyranny that is crushing all of us. And when they start complaining and bitching and moaning about stuff, hey, you asked for this. This is your side doing this. Yes, I've had that tough conversation with some people. And I'm sure many of you have had as well. All right, so let's get into the update now that we've reminded ourselves of what happened to Jesse Morgan. That was necessary so we can see how this is going down. We have a series of tweets here explaining some highlights of this report. And then I want to go into a little bit uh, more in depth from a great article by Joe Fried over at The American Thinker. Let's start with the Twitter thread. Sunday on Twitter, Mark Menlovitz. Jesse Morgan, the truck driver who claimed to have driven hundreds of thousands of ballots from Bethpage, New York to Lancaster, Pennsylvania in October 2020 before his trailer disappeared, has been vindicated. 
The media personally smeared him, questioning, and you can see there, here, that Mark is commenting and referencing and giving us a synopsis of the American Thinker article, which has some good stuff, so we're going to get into that. But he sets the stage here. His integrity and his bringing his past into the discussion because it couldn't refute his charges. The post office inspector general quietly commissioned an investigation, which apparently was completed over a year ago, but was just released for some mysterious reason. The report is heavily redacted and doesn't fully explain what happened to the truck full of ballots or the circumstances surrounding their transport. Of course, the gaslighting corporate media hasn't mentioned this story since 2020. Why would the disappearance of hundreds of thousands of ballots in a critical swing state now officially confirmed by the post office OIG be of concern to anybody but MAGA conspiracy nuts? It would be a shame if Congress were to call the U.S. Postal Service Inspector General and Jesse Morgan himself to testify on this matter because we could find out the 2020 election wasn't quite as pure as it was sold to be. The question is, are Pennsylvania and Congress willing to investigate his story or this story? P.S. Given that we know that the trailer went missing with hundreds of thousands of ballots, can anyone now claim that end-to-end -end chain of custody of ballots from printing to final counting is not critical or that it was maintained here? All right. So now let's get into the details here. Let's go over to this great article uh, by the American Thinker. So the article starts with bullet points and recap of what we heard Jesse Morgan talk about. That Jesse Morgan was a tractor tra uh, drove a tractor trailer for a contractor working for the U.S. Postal Service. And shortly after the 2020 election, he made the claims at a press conference. And these are the, uh, the facts as stated by Jesse Morgan. Then October 21st, he drove his truck from Bethpage, New York to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, loaded with as many as 288,000 completed ballots. In addition, there were two large trays of mixed mail bound for Lancaster. They were in front of the trailer. He drove the trailer to Harrisburg, but was not allowed to unload. After a six-hour wait, he was told to drive to Lancaster without unloading at Harrisburg. In addition, the supervisor at Harrisburg refused to give him any paperwork to document his arrival in Harrisburg or his six-hour wait, which normally would justify extra compensation. Morgan was perplexed by these instructions because 95% of the load was for Harrisburg and that mail would have to be unloaded before anyone could get access to the Lancaster mail bins. After that, the Harrisburg mail would have to be returned to the trailer and given back to Harrisburg, even for the government. That is slightly inefficient. <laughs> As instructed, Morgan drove the tra uh, tractor to Lancaster and parked it in his usual spot. The next morning, the trailer had disappeared without any explanation. The trailer and the ballots were gone, and no one would explain to Morgan or anyone else, else in the world what had happened. Now, you might think this is a yarn that Morgan made up, but you'd be wrong. In its highly redacted closing memorandum, the post office inspector general does not deny that Morgan was a subcontractor truck driver who took mail from Beth, uh, from Beth Page to Harrisburg and then on the Lancaster. The OIG claims that Morgan identified the wrong trailer number and that his estimate of ballots could have been much lower. <laughs> uh, your Honor, Your Honor, the guy came in and mugged me and pistol whipped me seven times, robbed my safe, and pillaged and raped my wife. Sorry, sir. 
You were pistol whipped only two times. Your story is ridiculous. Oh, we're not going to refute that your wife was raped, that they stole money from your safe, or they even pistol whipped you. But you got the number of times that they slammed you wrong. This is what we're living through, folks. Does the post office keep a written record when it sends a big tractor trailer from one city to another? Or does it simply let the truck driver decide when and where to take their trucks? There are other suspicious tidbits in the closing memorandum. In the document, the inspector general acknowledges that a contractor in Rochester, New York, printed 650,000 general election ballots that went to Pennsylvania. Of the total, 450,000 went to Philadelphia County and 200,000 to Chester County. In explaining how the printing company delivered the ballots to the Pennsylvania counties, the OIG stated the following. First of all, the name of the printing company is redacted. But this is what it says. Printing company explained but could not confirm the ballots for both PA board of elections were most likely delivered to the respective locations by the delivery trucks or entered into the mail stream locally in Rochester, New York. So as Joe Fried here points out that after a year of investigation, the post office inspector general was still not sure if the two batches of printed ballots were shipped into Pennsylvania in trucks owned by the printing company or if they were taken by government trucks. And once again, wouldn't the post office know whether or not it delivered 650,000 ballots? And what about their printing company? It printed 650,000 general election ballots, which would have cost close to $200,000. The unit cost for printed ballots is 29 cents in New York State. And the company doesn't seem to know a year and a half later how it managed to even get those ballots into another state. They're using the ignorance defense or strategy in this cover-up. So no, the government nor the contractor even know if they're responsible for, and if they were, how those ballots got there. Isn't that interesting? But you can feel the sarcasm coming through in Joe Fried's great reporting of this, or Joe Freed. When he says, but don't worry, according to the memorandum, more information is coming. And this is what the report says. The uh, lawyer for the printing company, of course, both the printing company and the lawyer's name have been redacted, indicated that he would contact his client and confirm the transportation of ballots at a later time. Remember, this, 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 this report is a year old, but we're just now seeing it. And here are the concluding remarks. From Joe Freed. I wonder when the latter time will take place. After all, that statement was made in a final closing memorandum for which I could not find updates. I am not sure when the closing memorandum, which was dated on April 11, 2022, so over a year ago, was finally posted to the OIG's website. I've tried multiple times to get that information using the right to know laws. Last year, I was told that the information was being withheld to protect witnesses, victims, subjects, and law enforcement personnel to to harassment and intimidation as a result of their association with the criminal matter. But then they changed the story on the reporter. A month or two ago, I was told that the information was being withheld to protect trade secrets or privileged or confidential commercial or financial information. 
that could constitute an unwarranted invasion of the personal privacy of third parties. What sounds to me, folks, like they're trying to protect the printing company and the subcontractors. Remember, they never gave Jesse Morgan his slips. There's no paper trail. There's no paper trail. The reporter asked the post office people. He goes, if I ask again, the post office people will probably claim that the information vanished in a fire. I wish they would settle on one story. Flip-flopping. This is how liars do. They lie. Then they lie to cover up their lie. Then they lie about the lying that they did to cover up the lie. Then the, the story changes and then they're ignorant and don't remember anything anyway. The article goes on to talk about an interview that Joe Hoft of the Gateway Pundit had with retired intelligence officer Tony Schaefer. I covered this at the time. Schaefer discusses his investigation of Jesse Morgan and Attorney General William Barr's threats that it shut down. That's right. A.G. Bill Barr shut down this investigation. The cover-up goes all the way up into high positions within the Trump administration. Schaefer was asked by members of the Pennsylvania Senate to thoroughly investigate Morgan's claims. He formed a special team of former postmasters who spent a week trying to determine if Morgan's story was feasible. Given normal post office procedures, they concluded it was feasible and that Morgan was credible. Schaefer then asked an acquaintance, former Attorney General Ed Meese, to call Barr to inform him of the findings. According to Tony Schaefer, no more than 10 minutes went by before Barr called him to tell him to stop investigating. Barr spent 20 minutes essentially yelling at him in a threatening way. Schaefer asked if Morgan could get a whistleblower status, and Barr refused. After that, Morgan dropped out of sight. Morgan later said that the FBI basically harassed him, was harassing my family, wanted to know how I came on TV. Did they seriously investigate his claims? Not to his knowledge, Jesse Morgan has never recanted his story. And of course, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania certified its 2020 election, despite the undisputed fact that it had received 202,000 more ballots cast than voters. Nothing to see here, folks. Everything is just a conspiracy theory, and we're all nuts questioning. Just questioning, folks. Not even, obviously, draw the conclusion that's obvious. But even for questioning, we are tinfoil hat nuts. Eventually, Pennsylvania found more voters, but not enough. To this very day, it appears that there were 91,000 more ballots cast than identified voters. And of course, that's more than the winning margin by what, which Biden supposedly won the election. All right, folks, that's, uh, I think, a pretty interesting and noteworthy update. We are learning new details about the Justice Department's investigation into former President Donald Trump's handling of classified documents after leaving the White House. So I want to conclude with this story, this update, if you will, courtesy of NBC that Jack Smith is still working with the grand jury and that uh, things are moving along. Because what do you do when you rig an election? You have to silence everyone that talks about it. You have to harass or kill people that are exposing and working against it or jail them. Then you have to go after the rightful winner, President Donald John Trump, mire him with all kinds of lawsuits and lawfare and sully his name as you elevate 
the fake president in the Oval Office. It's absolutely sickening, folks. Anyway, here's the update, courtesy to this uh, article by uh, NBC. Grand jury in Trump classified document case expected to meet this coming week after hiatus. And then literally, Morning Joe show and Joe's wife there pretty much just read the article. Saving me the work. Anyhow, this is what's going on according to this NBC article with the Trump classified document grand jury update. NBC News has learned exclusively that the federal grand jury hearing evidence in the case is expected to meet again this week in Washington, D.C. That is according to multiple people familiar with the investigation. They say activity for the grand jury appeared to have slowed in recent weeks. Prosecutors working for special counsel Jack Smith have been presenting the grand jury with evidence and witness testimony for several months. But it is not clear if prosecutors are prepared to seek an indictment at this point. Everything is timed by these treasonous traitors, rat bastards to have maximum effect. But boy, have they been wrong. Everything they've done against Trump has only strengthened people's support behind him. They see what's going on. Prosecutors reportedly faced two central legal questions. One, did Trump wrongfully retain classified documents after he left the White House? And two, did he later obstruct the government's effort to retrieve them? That's the big question. The Justice Department would not comment on the status of the investigation. Former President Trump maintains he has broken no laws and has dismissed the investigation as a politically motivated smear yeah. campaign. There are yeah. people who say, well, Biden did it. Well, Pence had documents. No. Point two is the difference. Point two has been where they have always gone because they have no case. Obstru they have a fake case, and then they say you're obstructing that fake case. <laughs> We've seen this ever since 2016, 2017. Almost everything they've done has been, well, we don't really have a crime, but we're going to get you on some process thing having to do with our fake allegations and you not fully cooperating with these fake allegations. Now, of course, they're going to time this for maximum effect. And let's not forget the truth here. Even on Morning Joe's show, they bring it up. What about Mike Pence? What about, what about uh, Joe Biden? You notice how they wanted to skip that first one? Because President Trump was the president and he had maximum authority to declassify anything he wanted. Joe Biden and Mike Pence should not have had that information. They were never president at that time. And Mike Pence will never be president. And Joe Biden's not, he's only playing president because they stole the election. But you know what I mean. There's no legitimate reason. And President Trump was cooperating with them. And Joe Biden was getting a cover-up operation done. Remember, we would not have known about Joe Biden's whole document issue if it hadn't been leaked. They never came out with that. They were trying to keep it on the DL, on the hush-hush, just like the Hunter Biden laptop. And look at that, folks. We've come full circle talking about how everything is one big cover-up operation so that no one delves into, talks about, or proves, even though it's already been proven, that the 2020 election is stolen. They'll go through any lengths, including harassing an innocent man known as 
Donald John Trump, yours truly, or a host of other America First, America Constitution-loving patriots of all colors and either gender trying to expose the truth. Thanks for being here, folks. Hold tight. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another report here on the BCP Podcast. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, Gotta give us what we need.